What's up, everyone? Welcome into the Round 6 Podcast. We are your hosts, Keaton Cordell and Jake Smith, coming to you from Fort Worth, Texas and Denver, Colorado. We have one hell of a week this week. UFC 280 goes live from Abu Dhabi this Saturday. I couldn't possibly be more excited. I really think this is going to be the card of the year for 2022. It's absolutely stacked. You've got everyone from Sean O'Malley to Peter Yan to Aljamain Sterling, to TJ Dillashaw, and at the top of the card, Islam Mahachev versus Charles Oliveira. And that's just to say a few. There are amazing fighters all over this card. I'm super excited for it. Jake, what are your thoughts going into just a massive UFC 280 fight week? Yeah, I mean, this is a card. This is a pay-per-view I've been waiting for for so long. I mean, the last pay-per-view was well over a month ago. This feels like the longest time we've had to wait in between two massive events in a long, long time in UFC. So, I mean, they've been prepping for this card. We've had some lackluster weeks leading up to it. Some pretty boring, not boring, but you, you know what I'm saying. Some pretty not interesting fight cards leading up to this. All just getting prepared for this absolute blockbuster of an event. And like you said, you named just a couple. You only named three fights, basically, of mm-hmm. 13 on this card. And there are 13 unbelievable fights on this card. So, I mean, I'm just ready to get into it. This is something I've been waiting for for a long time now. Yeah, and it really feels like, I think I asked you this on our last episode, but when you've got basically a month of either no card for the weekend or you know, two kind of fight nights that are all right but not that great, once you finally get to that big week that everyone's been waiting for for the last month, it all feels worth it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I really could not be more excited than I am right now for this Saturday. Have a lot to kind of take care of business-wise before we get there, obviously with the weigh-ins on Saturday. Can't wait to see what what they come out with for a press conference tomorrow. I think that's going to be wild. So, Have you seen I mean, the lineup? It's ridiculous. It's they ridiculous. Have- just about every, this seems like one of the old UFC pressers. Like they're gonna have, they're probably gonna have to stack people up like they used to do in the back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like almost everybody on the card. I think there's 14 fighters in the press conference tomorrow. Like it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, and you know it's gonna be absolutely wild as far oh, as yeah. just people talking that aren't even in fights with each other this weekend. There's just gonna be mm-hmm. shots thrown left and right. I think we're gonna hear. A lot from Sean O'Malley, who's got the biggest fight of his life coming up on Saturday. I think we're going to hear a lot of back and forth between Aljo and TJ Dillashaw. I think that could be pretty chippy by the time things are said and done. Oh, yeah. And we get to fight day on Saturday. So a lot of storylines yet to play out. And it's already so interesting that it's wild to think that we're not even close to fight day. And we've still got a lot to kind of discover about Mm -hmm. what's going to go on on Saturday and kind of the beefs leading up to this card and, you know, who thinks what about who. And I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. There's just so many fights and so many insane fighters on this card. When you look at a card and you've got a guy uh, like Bilal Muhammad, who's on the prelims for this, Bilal Muhammad hadn't been in a prelim in how long? Like a year, two years, probably. I mean, the guy is. He's been a main event for his last two fights. Yeah, exactly. And he's on the yeah, prelims. Leon Edwards just... and Vicente Luque. Two yes. Events. Yeah. It, no, it really just goes to show how stacked this card is. 
It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, what else is there to say? But you get past all of those great fights on the prelims, and then you get to this main event. Mm -hmm. And this main event is like a cream of the crop main event for the UFC. Uh, For as long back as I can remember, kicking off the card, we've got Caitlin Chukagian and Manon Fioro. Then you've got Benil Dariush and Mateusz Gamrot. You've got Peter Yan and Sean O'Malley, Aljo and TJ, and then Charles Oliveira and Islam. Jake, I'm, I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts, and it's probably not as easy to answer this question as you might think, but is there one fight or two fights in particular on this card that you just point to and you're like, I don't care what happens on the rest of the card. I cannot wait for this fight. Uh, I mean, that's a tough one. So I guess if I could pick two fights, yes, yeah, starting off, I mean... Benil Daryush and Mateusz Gamrat, that is a fight I'm really looking forward to that I think is slightly under the radar that not a ton of people are talking about. So just moving back a little bit to what you're saying, how there's a lot of stories going into this press conference. This is a big one in my opinion because Benil Daryush just keeps getting overlooked. He keeps winning. He keeps being at the top of the division. He keeps accepting fights and, and he's not really getting anywhere with that. Um, he, he claims he was told that he was the backup fighter for the main event this weekend, even though that's been completely proven wrong at this point. Volkanovski is in Abu Dhabi. Volkanovski's there. We've seen Dana White basically claim Volkanovski's next in line as well. So I'm looking to see Benil Daryush come out and make a statement. I, I'm looking to see him prove that he is the number one contender. I, want, I think he's going to come out angry because we're seeing in interviews lately that Charles Oliveira is talking about wanting to bring Volkanovski to Brazil for 282 and then fight Vulcan. Um, so fight for the lightweight belt in Brazil. And then he wants to move down to featherweight and fight Vulcan Perth for that belt. And then Islam saying the same thing. Islam's like, oh, I want to go back to, I want to go back to Australia. So no one's even looking at anybody in the lightweight division anymore in terms of the two guys fighting for the belt. Both of them are looking straight towards the champion at 145, just totally overlooking Benil Dariush. So fight for sure that I'm looking forward to is Benio Daryush and Mateusz Gamrat. And then outside of the top three, because obviously everybody's looking forward to those, I would go back to Sean Brady and Bala Muhammad. That's, I mean, that's a crazy fight. You've got Bala Muhammad, who is not a boring fighter, but he's a lay and pray kind of guy. And no a doubt. lot of people don't enjoy that style, but it works for him and he keeps winning. Mm-hmm. And now he has Khabib in his corner. For his style, which is, I mean, that's a hell of a coach to have in your corner. But Sean yep. Brady on the other end is a Gracie black belt. He's got hands of stone. He's an absolutely terrifying fighter. Um, we saw him last out, not in the UFC, but fighting Craig Jones in a grappling match, and he beat Craig Jones. So, which it, for those for yeah. those of of uh, you know the listeners out there that don't understand what that means. Craig Jones is the cream of the crop when it comes to no-gi jiu-jitsu. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy is an absolute killer. And for a guy like Sean Brady to go out there and put on a performance like he did against one of the top, probably the top two, top three jiu-jitsu guys in the world right now, mm-hmm. that's a statement. Like, Absolutely. I don't, like, MMA aside, if that shows anything about your ability to fight and win, that's a statement. Craig Jones does, I mean, Okay, I was about to say Craig Jones doesn't lose to anyone, but he gets second place in everything, so I can't really say that. But Craig he's Jones the best is, loser out there. 
he is the best loser out there. That's a fine point you make. But regardless, Sean Brady is really going to look to do big things this weekend. And I'm super excited for that, that fight too. And again, to think of how good of a fight that is. And then you, what you say, wait, that's on the prelims. It's not even on the main card. It just goes to show how stacked of a card this is. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like beaming. I'm so excited for this weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited for it. So excited that we doubled our bets this week. Well, that is how excited we were for this card. One, we have to make up for last week. We had a, a bad week last week. So one, we have to make up for that. But two, I mean, I, we're making bets and I, I couldn't stop at five. Like, oh, we're not even done with the prelims and we have five bets already? <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Like, that's how well, it feels for this card. Yeah, and, and you and I kind of talked about this earlier when we were putting our picks together. But when you and I go to Vegas, and just when you're in Vegas in general, it doesn't even have to just be you and me. The two of us are not special in this regard. But when we go to Vegas, the the goal is to have at least one bet on every fight. Because when you're in the arena, it makes it that much more fun, even though you're already having the time of your life. I feel like we kind of brought Vegas home with us for this card. Like It's such a good card. You can't, like you said, you can't just pick five and be like, yeah, I'm cool with that. There's so many picks out there for a card like this. We literally doubled our picks. We literally doubled our amount of parlays that we normally do. So I'm just like, I want to see this play out. And if we have like, I mean, 80% of these bets hit, we are going to absolutely make a killing. And we need that after a week like last week. Last week was a hard card to bet on. And I was relatively confident about our picks, but we need a good bounce back week, and this yeah. is the week to do it. So I'm really excited about it. It's just, I just, I, I literally just can't get over it. Every time I think about the card this weekend, it just like gives me chills because it's just so insane. I know. It's what we've been waiting for. Yeah, absolutely. So without further ado, let's start throwing some picks out there, Jake, if you're down for that. Absolutely. Uh, I, think I, I, I think that's what everybody wants to hear. Yeah, absolutely. We just have so many to go through, so we'll start. These are basically our prelim picks, then we'll move into picks for the main card, and then we'll get into more of our normal stuff, Hammer of the Week, Dog of the Week, and the parlays. But let's start it off, picks of the week for the prelims, starting it off with Carl Hosa by decision, minus 120. I really like this pick a lot. Carl Hosa has never seen anything but a decision since she's gotten into the UFC, so I think this pick just makes sense. And at minus 120, you're still getting really good value for, in my opinion, a line that should be way, way, way more favorited. So I like this pick a lot. Jake, this is one that you found. Um, this this fight leading off the night kind of flew under the radar for me, but I'm actually really excited about this pick. I think it's going to bring a lot to the table for us and get us started off on the right foot. Yeah, absolutely. One, it is another one of the women's fights, so those do tend to normally go the distance. We have gotten pretty lucky on taking our unders lately, but this is one of those fights I do think goes goes to the uh, decision. Carol Rosa is sitting at like a 3-1 to one favorite right now, but the second she got to the UFC, she's had, I think, about five fights now. It's been decision, 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 decision. Like, it's just, it's a different tier when you get to the UFC. The fights are a lot harder, so... We're taking this three to one favorite at basically even money to get the decision win. And then moving on to the next fight for the prelims, we're going to take Muhammad Mokaya versus Jared Gordon at under one and a half, uh, minus 125. Mokayev, nearly 1,200 point favorite right now. There is no way you can take him at any sort of money line and expect any value back. And then Gordon, when you look at his resume, he's had one decision. And everything else, 
has never left the first round, ever. I think Mokayev's going to come out hot. I think he's going to be in with the finish in the first round. But Gordon has a chance, too. And if he can stun him, it's going to be in that first round. And besides that, I think they're both going to let it all out there, and this fight's going to end fairly quickly. Yeah, I agree. Personally, I kind of feel like Mokayev's going to come out there and just submit him so fast. Like, Mm -hmm. his grappling is just dangerous, to say the least. So. I, I think agree. I think that's a really solid pick. I think that's another one that gets us started off right. Moving on, we've got Nurmagomedov. The next one I'm leaving to you to say. <laughs> it, it looks ridiculous on the graphic, but how could it not? you got to have a couple names like this on a card like this. We've got Nurmagomedov versus Omar Gadjiev. I'm hoping I got the second one right. But we're taking that under 2.5 at plus 160. I think it's another solid bet. I love that we're getting the plus money rolling nice and early. And I think these are just two guys that I don't want to say are flying under the radar because obviously Nurmagomedov trains in Dagestan with all the big names. So I think he brings a lot to the table as far as grappling goes. Omar Gajiev, a little bit more well-rounded, obviously still kind of grapple heavy. Um, So I think this one probably gets finished under two and a half rounds, obviously in a three round fight. If you're betting under two and a half, you're only leaving two and a half minutes at the end of the fight up for grabs. Mm-hmm. So if this one's going to get finished, I think it's going to get done in the first two and a half rounds. And at plus money, how could you not like this? Love that pick. I absolutely love it. Moving on to the next fight, uh, we have Lucas Almeida versus Zubaira. Tuk- I'm not even going to say it. Zubaira. Um, <laughs> we're not touching him anyway, so who cares? We're taking Lucas Almeida, the underdog in this fight, by KO or submission. I think Zubaira is one of those guys that is slightly heavily favorited because he trains with the Dagestanis. I think, yes, I think Nurmagomedov is the same way. I think Islam personally is the same way. I think everybody who trains with Khabib just gets that edge in line because everybody's going to take them just because that's what people think. Lucas Almeida is a finisher. 14 wins, zero decisions. I think this is... A precursor to the main event, we got Brazilian versus Russian, Sambo versus Jiu-Jitsu. I think Lucas Almeida is going to show why Jiu-Jitsu is king. And Lucas Almeida is going to come out and get the finish. At plus 400, this could be a huge hit for us. Yeah, and that's kind of the the reason that I love that we put it on there. Because like two or three, two or three of these could not hit. And if that one hits, like it doesn't matter. That plus 400 is such an insane line. And I love it. I think it really does have a chance. But there's almost not a pick on our prelim slate that I think has a better chance than our last one. Kayo Bohayo by submission or decision. If you don't know about this guy, go watch his last few fights. I mean, this guy's a killer. He, he doesn't, he, he's a school teacher in Brazil. But at night, he puts on a cape and fights crime in the UFC. This guy is a monster. His submission skills are off the charts, and I, I just I, I don't see this one not hitting. There's just no way it doesn't hit. Did you say he's a school teacher with those, he's those tattoos? Teacher. He's a school teacher. Yep. That's crazy with he those is, tattoos. He is an elementary school teacher. Yeah. I know he's a genius, though. I'm pretty sure he was like a double major in like physics and chemistry or something like that, or some sort of crazy science that we don't do. Yeah, right. And he's also a free spirit. So, you know, that's always exactly always good to see. Uh, So, but yeah, I love that pick. I think Kyle Bahalio is just like one of those next level prospects for the UFC. And I don't think we see him fighting on prelims much longer after this. Absolutely not. I thought he was already a breakout star. 
you and me seem to find some of these guys and like them a lot quicker than the average fan does. This should be Kyle Ohio's breakout. He, he is a superstar in the making. He is what Paolo Costa wish he was before now. Yeah. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. Paolo is a favorite of the fans now. But I think I think I think Kyle is gonna be what Paolo wishes he was before making the switch to whatever the hell Paolo is now. <laughs> That's so true. So true. So moving on, next slate, the next round of five picks. These are all of our main card picks for this weekend. Again, super excited about these. I think they all have a chance. And as you know, some of these fighters' history goes. I think there's one that stands out more to me than the rest of them, even though I love all of them. You know we had to start off with our girl, Caitlin Chukagian, by decision. I don't think there's a fighter in the UFC that goes to more decisions than Caitlin Chukagian. She's an underdog in this fight, but I've been seeing a lot of people out there talking about her, taking her money line, doing this, doing that. If you're going to take Caitlin Chukagian's money line, why would you not just take her by decision? If she's going to win, she's going to win by decision. She's not getting a knockout. She's not getting a submission. Plus 240, bang it, Caitlin Chukagian by decision. Yeah, I'm looking at her. I'm looking at her record as we speak. Trying to find her last. There we go. Caitlin Chukagian's <laughs> last finish was in CFFC in 2016. Since then. <laughs> we were in high school when exactly. she last finished a fight. <laughs> Since then, her first fight in the UFC, Lauren Murphy, decision. Irene Aldana, decision. Alexis Davis, decision. Jessica I, decision. Joanne Wood, decision. Jennifer Maya, decision. Antonina Shevchenko, decision. Cynthia Calvillo, decision. Jennifer Maya, decision. Amanda Hebas, decision. Viviana Rujo, decision. I mean, come on now. She is, let me see. She is 18 wins, 15 by decision, all those in the UFC. That's <laughs> the most ridiculous stat. She gets the win, which Caitlin Chukagian has been that steady at the top. She's like the Colby Covington, basically, of this division. Mm -hmm. If you want to get to Valentina, you have to get through Chukagian. Mm -hmm. You're probably not going to get through her. She's going to get that decision win. And if you do get through her, congrats. You're fighting Valentina. That sucks. Like, yeah. Good for, you know, congratulations. <laughs> Good for right? you. You're going to die. But yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's basically so how it goes. You get through Chukagian, you get Valentina. But Chukagian is going to take you three rounds. And that's yep. a fact. Yep. There's, there's three things in life that are guaranteed death, taxes, and Caitlin Chukagian by decision. Bang, hammer it in. There it is, there it is, there it is. On to our next pick. This one was an interesting one. Me and Keaton were talking. We're like, I don't know. Sean can come out hot. Sean might get – I think Sean's a good striker. I think he might come out hot. I think he might piece up Piotr from a distance, and he has a chance to put him away. And if not, then Piotr's probably going to box him to a decision win or might even wrestle him to a decision win. And we're like, well, damn, which one do we take? And then we find this alternate line at minus 200 where we can have both. Like, this is this is perfect. I don't see this fight going any other way. These are the two ways that I pretty much see this fight going. Yeah, I completely agree. Shout out to the homies at DraftKings Sportsbook for giving us this alternate line. So, basically, if it, this doesn't make sense, because this is honestly one of the first times I'd ever seen one of these two. I just never even paid attention to the, some of these lines. But kind of like you mentioned, we were talking – and I kind of personally feel as though if Sean O'Malley comes out in this fight, he's going to come out hot. He's going to try to just, 
just starch him in the first round and put him out, knowing that Peter Jan starts most of his fights kind of slow. Um, he's going to put up that high shell, and I think Sean's just going to look to bust right through it. If he doesn't, like you said, I think Jan takes him to a decision. So, I, I mean, like minus 200, two to one favorite might seem like a little hefty to throw some money on, but that, like that's that's like almost it's not our hammer of the week, but it's almost a hammer of the week for me. That's how much I love this. Yeah, one. very confident in that one. If I wasn't even more confident in our hammer at the line we're getting him at, then I would absolutely have hammered it. And moving on yeah. to this next one, we got Dillashaw versus Sterling. We're taking the under four and a half at plus 160. I think this is a pretty solid bet in terms of most people are probably taking the over, which is why we're getting this under at such a high value because of what Aljo tends to do. And that is be a human backpack. We did not see him really go for a finish against Piotr Jan. We saw him ride the back for three rounds, guarantee a win as long as he survived the next two. And that's pretty much what happened. Dillashaw's not going to give him that kind of fight, in my opinion. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Dillashaw's going to come out hot. Dillashaw is a striker. That bang Muay Thai striking is absurd. Dillashaw's going to come out, and he's going to be trying to get a finish. And that's going to make it a lot tougher for Aljo to just sit on the back and ride him the whole time. I think Aljo is going to need to also do come out hot and do what he did against Corey Sandhagen. I think he needs to come out and look for that finish right away. I think he needs to put TJ Dillashaw on his heels get him to the ground, and absolutely demolish him on the ground. I don't think he's going to be cooking him for five rounds. He needs that finish because he knows every round he's going to have to start on the feet with TJ. And that is not something you want to do five rounds in a row because then you're going to have to get him back to the ground. You're going to have to avoid getting hit, and that's going to be tough. So I think TJ is going to get this knockout or Aljo is going to have to get the sub in the first couple rounds. Yeah, and something I think that's interesting that I just now kind of thought of uh stylistically for aljo i bet not only because he wants to avoid uh the the striking prowess of tj dillashaw but after the sandhagen fight with dillashaw you kind of have to wonder still where that knee is at i'm sure it's totally fine and healed yeah. up but the more aljo pushes the pressure and makes tj defend shots and and really you know have to fight a more dynamic dirty fight I think that works into to, uh, Aljo's favor as well because we, we just don't we don't know where that knee is at right now. Obviously, he's had a considerable amount of time off to let it heal. It's probably fine, but you just don't know until you get him in deep water. So I think that's what Aljo's going to look to do here this weekend. Yeah. And, uh, and something that's not talked about enough is we don't know what TJ was really like as a champion in terms of cleanliness. You know what I mean? He is now back to the spot he was at at one point. He's now back to the Bantamweight title fight. Is he clean? Well, yes, he's clean now. But is clean TJ that level? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is clean TJ the highest level in the game? Is he Aljamain Sterling? Is he Piotr Jan's level? Or is he 36-year-old who's no longer allowed to take the juice and <laughs> is probably on a decline? Because I don't even know how he got this fight, to be honest. You lost, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think Sandhagen won that fight. Totally and, agree. And now we're just sitting on it and waiting for the time. Like, it, it didn't make sense to me that TJ got this fight other than the storyline, that he was never – he is yet to lose, basically, other than to USADA since he was the <laughs> champion. 
Yeah. So that's fair. That's fair. But that's I just I don't I think Aljamain is more than likely on another level. Mm-hmm. And looking at the shape of Aljamain Sterling too, TJ's not on EPL. I don't know how he's gonna keep up. Yeah, exactly. No, I completely agree with that. Aljo is in peak form. I mean, he's the the guy's looking good. You just got to give it to him. Uh, so moving on for all of our people out there that have been waiting on who you picking for the main event. Is it Charles? Is it Islam? We're riding with Charles. We're going mm-hmm. Dobronx, Oliveira. I think it's the smart bet here, right? We haven't necessarily seen Islam tested against a guy at the top of the division. So that's one reason. I think another reason is Charles' track record over his last two, three fights has been him as an underdog. He's not getting the respect that he deserves as a champion, and he's getting finishes in all of these fights. It's not like he's just barely edging out his opponents and getting a win and retaining the title. Charles is a finisher. He, he's getting submissions. He's getting knockouts. The, the guy is not getting the respect he deserves as far as the betting lines go. And I think this is just another good example of a spot where we need to take advantage of that. Obviously, it's kind of a double-edged sword. We haven't seen a line this low for Islam in a while. But I still don't think it's worth it when you can get Charles Oliveira at plus 160. I think it's the smart bet. He's the the defending champ, even though technically the belt was vacant for the last little bit. Um, but but it's the smart pick. I, I don't really yep. see how you pick anywhere else than this unless you're just a huge fan of, of the Dagestani mm-hmm. style, you know. And yeah, Charles I mean, has everything he needs to defend that style. So, Yeah, you've heard it over and over and over again. The champ has a name, and it's Charles Oliveira. And that is not changing this weekend. I mean, like you were just saying a second ago, looking at his track record. If you want to look at the top five in the division, after Charles, if Charles were to beat Islam Makhachev, number one, Charles Oliveira. Number two, Dustin Poirier. He has the win. Number three, Justin Gaethje. He has the win. Number four, Islam. He's about to get that win. Number five, Michael Chandler. He has that win. Charles will have beat every single person in the top five with this win. So, yeah, like I, I just, I, I think Charles has proven he is the cream of the crop at this point, and Islam is not. Islam has yet to prove to anybody anything yet. His biggest win was Dan Hooker, who is now down at featherweight. Like it's no, it's it just doesn't make sense. Islam is riding off Khabib's coattails. Not his fault that nobody's accepted to fight him. He's tried to get big fights, no one accepted it. But you cannot bet against Charles Oliveira. You can you can't bet against Dubronx. He's proven it over and over again. And for me especially, I'm not losing again. I lost against Chandler. I lost <laughs> Poirier, and I lost yep. against Gaethje. I yep. will not bet against Dubronx again. I will not do it. I agree. I could not agree with that more because I was on the exact same page you were for all three of those fights thinking, oh, this is the guy. Oh, next one. This is the guy. Oh, next one. Gaethje's the guy. None of them were that guy. Not even None of them were that guy. No. Charles Oliveira. I was going to say, if you look at Gaethje's interview, Gaethje's fought some tough mothers. You know what I'm saying? Like Gaethje's, mm-hmm. Gaethje's fought some, some tough guys. He says he has never in his life felt a felt the buzz and the sensation in his head from when Charles hit him. Mm-hmm. Charles' hands are stone now. Charles has put everything together. I do not know an area in his game that is lacking. His Muay Thai is so crisp. His striking defense, perfect. Everything he throws is perfect technique. That knockout against Michael Chandler, that hook was perfect. Hand up by the face, defense there. And if you get him to the ground, I mean, 
he's proven time and time again most finishes, most submissions, most post-fight bonuses. Charles has done everything in the UFC. He's going to continue to do so, and he's in his prime right now. Yep. Champ has a name, Charles Oliveira. Book it. And then, if one bet on the, the main event was not enough, we went ahead and threw another one out there. We're taking the over one and a half rounds in this fight. I think you brought up a good point in saying that they're really going to feel each other out. It's a title mm-hmm. fight. There's bigger implications on the line, and they know they've got five rounds to accomplish that goal. I don't think Islam's going to come out timid. I just think he's going to be very wary of the task at hand and who is in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I think Charles is probably going to be the same way because technically right now Charles isn't the champ. They're fighting for the belt right now. So I think both of them know that there's a lot on the line. For that reason, I think the first round is going to be intense, but it's going to be about feeling each other out, seeing what their tendencies are, where they're trying to take this fight. Mm -hmm. And then all we need is a half round after that. So I love this pick at minus 155. And going off this, by no means do I think this fight goes the distance. Uh, Somebody is getting finished in this fight. Mm -hmm. I just think, like you said, no one's going to be timid, but... They're both grapplers. There will be more of a feeling out process than there was against Charles and Dustin. Then there was Charles and Gaethje. Gaethje was a firefight from the start, and that's what's expected with Gaethje. Mm-hmm. That is not what's expected with Islam. If it wants to stay on the feet, they're going to be calm and collected. If it wants to go to the ground, they're going to be even more calm and collected because they both understand one wrong move is all it takes. Mm-hmm. Like these are, This is not Islam versus Dan Hooker. This is not Charles versus Gaethje. This, like, these are both world-class grapplers at the highest point in their sport, Sambo Jiu-Jitsu. Like, mm-hmm. these, these are the highest of the highest ranking in those two respective sports, so there will be a feeling-out process. Someone will get the finish eventually, though. Count yeah. that. Yep, I agree. I completely agree. So moving on from our picks, I love every single one of those. I love that we have 10 of them. I think that's awesome mm-hmm. for a card like this. But let's go into the hammer of the week. Jake, this is one that you identified right off the bat, and I couldn't agree more. We were talking about him a little bit earlier. We got to go with him right now. We're taking Sean Brady's money line at minus 140 as the hammer of the week. There's not much more you need to say about Mm -hmm. Sean Brady than telling me that he beat Craig Jones in a grappling match. It just goes to show me that there's not many people in the UFC that are going to do that much against him. And if you've never seen this guy strike, he is terrifying. So for both of those reasons, I love this pick. Jake, what did you see in this one that kind of made you lean towards him? Yeah, and even if, even if you don't know who Craig Jones is, you're say you're just a UFC fan, he just smashed, and I'm saying smashed, Michael Chiesa for three rounds. That is mm-hmm. the top of the top grapplers in the 170-pound division. And Brady makes it look easy. He's 15-0 and 0 for a reason, smashes everybody in the UFC so far. I don't think this is going to be any different. I think Bilal's good. Bilal's really good. But Sean Brady's better. That, that, I think that's all there is to it. They're, yep. they're both amazing. Sean Brady is just better. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I don't really know that too much more needs to be said about that pick. All you need to know, lock it in, minus 140. Absolutely love it. So let's move on to our dog of the week. This is another one that you picked out right from the start. And, and to be honest, at first, I was kind of wary about this one, but the more I've thought about it, the more I agree with you. And this is almost like different fights, but this is almost the exact opposite of the Sean Brady pick because Benil Dariush and Bilal Muhammad are very similar as far as stylistically. Um, so Benil Dariush, Moneyline, plus 160. 
what did you see in this one that made him stand out as a dog? Because I wouldn't have identified this one as early as you did. Yeah, I just – I think it's ridiculous that he's a plus 160 dog. Benil Daryush has been the mainstay at the top of the division, similar to Islam, that just cannot get a top fight. He's He claimed to be the backup for the title fight, yet he's sitting at a dog in a much lower fight on the card. I think – I think Benil Daryush has also not fought. Let's see. His last fight was 2021 in May against Tony Ferguson. So he's been out for quite some time too. Nobody's talking about him as of late. Whereas Mateusz Gamrat just had that absolute war of a fight. And that's going to raise his stock a ton because he recently had a war. But Mm -hmm. Benil Daryush, that fight against Dracar Close was one of the best fights in UFC history. Um you you remember seeing the uh, the picture of Anik, Rogan, and DC all lean back like yep. this? That's a Benil Daryush finish. You know yep. what I'm saying? Knockout like, at that. Not even exactly. just a finish. That was a one knockout. of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen at that. That mm-hmm. was a – I mean, if, if he can do that, he can take anything Gamrot's going to throw at him and come back with it. I just think – I think Gamrot is so heavily favorited because of the recency bias – and I think Daryush is just not getting respect that he deserves. Where Daryush is pretty much a win away from a title fight at this point. And especially if he, if he comes out, like I was saying earlier, and comes out and proves that he should be the backup fighter for the title fight. Yeah, he's, he's going to come out hot and he's going to get this win easily. Yep. Yeah, statement made at that point. Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you said. I think you just said that absolutely perfect. All right, now moving into our parlay of the week. I absolutely love both of these. I think I said parlay. I meant parlays uh, because we have two. So these are awesome. I'll take us through the first one. Jake, you can take us through the second one. First parlay, we've got Kyle Bohalio's money line. I think we said everything that needs to be said about him. He's an absolute savage. And uh, you, you get his line at basically two to one odds. So that's a great one to parlay. And then Armand Petrosian. We haven't said his name yet today. I think he brings a lot to the table. He's pretty well-rounded, got good striking, good grappling. Both of these guys, I think, bring a lot to their respective fights on their own. Parlay them, two legs, plus 121. I love both of these guys, and effectively, you're just getting their lines at better odds. So this parlay is huge. I think this one absolutely hits. Maybe we can hit two. Jake, you want to take us through the other one see what we got? Yeah, parlay number two, we're taking Carol Rosa's money line. Like we said earlier, I expect her to get the decision win. She's a three-to-one favorite. Every fight in the UFC has been a decision. Just to make it a little safer in case she comes out and gets the finish like she did prior to her UFC fights, we're taking her just money line. Um, next up, we're going to have Nikita Krilov. Um, this is just another one of those big boys fighting. Volkan Ozdemir, he, he's a beast. However... Krilov is a bigger beast, in my opinion. His last mm-hmm. knockout of Gustafsson was absolutely disgusting. Of course, he does have the loss to Paul Craig, but who doesn't get subbed by Paul Craig? I mean, yep. everybody does. It doesn't matter if you're a heavy yep. favorite underdog. It doesn't matter. But some of his other fights have been disgusting. Johnny Walker, Ovin St. Prue. He got subbed by Jan Blachowicz. But besides that, he's fought some some dogs, and he's had some pretty big wins. So we're taking Nikita Krilov money line. And then Pyotr Jan is going to end our parlay. Like we said earlier, we love Sean. Sean has a chance. Sean has the length. But Pyotr Jan is a robot. He, <laughs> he is a true robot. 
in mixed martial arts. The way he fights looks perfect technique in everything that he does. If if you're looking at past fights, if you're looking at everything, yeah, Sugar Sean is the the hype train, but Piotr Jan is just as as tested as it gets. I, he he should be the number one contender. He should stay the number one contender. He should more than likely get another title fight after this. If not, maybe one more number one contention spot. But yeah, Piotr Jan is a monster. And so this parlay is a pretty easy one to take, in my opinion. Yeah, so 10 picks, a hammer of the week, a dog of the week, and two parlays. How could you not be excited about everything that we've got out this week? I know I've said it once. I've said it probably 15 times on this podcast. I could not be more excited for what we have ahead on Saturday. I have to take a test first on Saturday, but literally, like, it's the biggest reward at the end of a long week for me to sit down, relax, turn on some fights, and just watch this absolute masterpiece of a card mm-hmm. unfold. I know you're just as excited as I am, and we hope <laughs> everyone out there is just as excited as we are. Take some of the picks. If you don't take all of them, totally get it. It's a lot of picks. I'm taking all of them because everyone. I'm a and I love the UFC, and it doesn't get better than this. So. Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Florida on, I guess Friday morning. So I got to place all these bets uh, before I go. I don't think it's legal there. Yeah, I don't know, but you better not just just don't chance it. <laughs> just don't chance, chance it at all. I'm placing all these. I'm probably gonna go place all these bets right now. Yeah, might as well. Might as well get the lines while you can. Absolutely. Exactly. But uh, I think that's about all we have for this week. If you haven't already, go follow us on Instagram at Round Six Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube page. And remember, we are now on Spotify. So go hit us up on Spotify. You can find the link to our Spotify on the Instagram page and in the description of this YouTube video in case you just want to listen to it. But I'm super excited about this weekend. I think I just said it for the 41st time on this podcast. There's just not much else to say about that. But without further ado, Jake, you have anything else that you want to leave? No, let's just just make some money. And do Bronx, baby. That's all I got to say. Do Bronx. I'm a big fan of his now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't wait to see what happens. Super excited. There it is. 43rd time. Had to get that last one in there. But until next week, y'all, let's go make some money and y'all have a good one.